Welcome to Space Action Podcast, the official podcast of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I am Chris Carson. I'm Denise Owen-Shama. Hello. Aloha. 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 I mean, you could use it for the end of the podcast, too, huh? Huh? It's economic. Eh. It works. Anyway. <laughs> This is off to a, uh, a lackluster start. I think that's it. That's a good term. Um, I think that was the original name of uh, Oahu Island. They were just like, it works. It works. They're like, we can do better than that. Isn't it under lava now? Is it, oh, is it another one? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know Hawaii well enough to know what actually got hit with, oh. with that big, the Big Islands volcano. Uh, I, that, don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was, I don't know. I think half of Hawaii is just gone and we stopped talking about it. Oh. So, yeah, there you go. Fuck them. The mass public was like, listen, we can't concentrate on Australian <laughs> fires and yeah. Hawaiian volcanoes. It's not like we have some sort of time. We have we don't have some sort of twenty four hour news network set up to cover this kind of thing. We we can't do it. Anyways, this week we're taking a look back because it's twenty twenty. Twenty twenty has begun. And we're going to take a look back at the tragic year that was twenty nineteen. Um as evidenced by... Film-wise. We were going to do an Oscars podcast, and I'm kind of glad we didn't, because it would have opened with me being like, the Oscars are fucking stupid. Yep. So, if you've ever seen the show Party Down, in the very first episode, they do neighborhood awards for best decorations, best, uh, you know, Christmas decorations, best <laughs> yard. It's just that, but with high-profile people. It's the saddest fucking thing. <laughs> but, instead, we're going to talk everyone about... everyone kind of just patting themselves on the back? Like, realistically, it's right? a bunch of rich people being like, here's a rich thing for you to have right. to identify yourself as a rich person. Yeah, and originally it was made by a guild in order to be able to profile an artist to sell more tickets to their next movie, mm-hmm. or a director or a filmmaker or whatever, to get them in the public eye so that the next movie that comes around that has any in the is guaranteed a larger box office than it would have prior. It was oh, always sounds made Sounds like for... a great opportunity for someone who could use that. Like, I know minorities are women, but uh, no. that's cool. No. That's cool. No. Whatever. It is what it is now. <laughs> oh, Leo's nominated again. Good. He needs another one. <laughs> I don't think he's ever won one. Is that his whole thing? Dude. Fucking uh, Revenant. Remember? Oh, it was he a, won a, for... A, 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 right? <laughs> he never won an Oscar, and then he won for the one where I he know. rolled around it's screaming. I think and... it came... It was after Wolf of Wall Street he lost. Yeah. And it was kind of like what they did it with Denzel. It was It was the makeup one, 100%. Dude, I can't stand that movie. No, and if, if you... No, neither can I. It's so fucking horrible. And I fucking like the director. Uh, I liked uh, Birdman. Yeah. Uh, Alejandro. Like, and the original story, when you find out that he forgave him... So much better! So much better. It's, it's so... Oh, anyways... Anyways, but if you have any doubt, just look at the Best Picture winners for the past 50 years, and they're all forgettable. 90% of them are forgettable, horrible, shitty movies, and every once in a while, one that does Like, Chicago won over Moulin Rouge. What kind mm-hmm. of award ceremony is this? I'm ashamed to say, as a black man, I still have not seen Moonlight, so... I have not seen Moonlight either. Yeah, but apparently that one's really good. Yeah? Yeah, I can, I can see that. It's a. Uh, it's got the whole thing though, the Oscar bait, where it's like it's like not it's like not white, not straight, um, impoverished, right? Isn't that the whole thing about Moonlight? It's about two gay guys. Yes. Yeah. So they, that is just like, and no matter how good the movie is, it's been sullied by how Oscar baity it is. You that know what is I mean? True. That is true, man. It might as well be about like a fucking AIDS ridden Holocaust survivor. Right. Yeah. It's starring Jared Leto. <laughs> you know? Because he looks like both. Because <laughs> he looks like both. Or Morbius, the living vampire, apparently. What the fuck? So is that in the MC or not? What are we doing here? Like, shit or get off the pot? Here's what is... the thing it confuses me. Uh huh. Because we will get to 2019 movies. I have three yeah, This is about, about 2019. About, but this, is about this is a trailer. This came out three weeks ago. It was in 2020. Uh, their negotiations. That's why Sony came back to the table because they realized they couldn't use all these new characters that, Disney, that Marvel had invented to put into Spider Man Far From Home. They can't. So, legally, Sony can use the character of the Vulture. They can cast whoever they want, but Vulture cannot reference the events. Or characters uh, I see. from Far From Home. So uh-huh. that would have to be a new negotiation that maybe they've had. I mean, this is all behind closed doors. 
in order to get him to reference the proper MCU. Legally, he can't. Okay. So he can show up and be like, I'm Adrian Toomes, but I never cleaned up after Tony Stark. Who's Tony Stark? I mean, if he's just making an appearance, because all they're trying to do is string together threads, right? Right. like, Sony's just going for brand recognition. So they'll just not mention his Yeah, they don't have to. People are like, oh, no, that's him. He's been in the last Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder how Marvel's feeling about this. Like, fuck you. Stop trying to play in our playground. Like, stop trying to, like, hook your horse to our fucking billion-dollar wagon. It, to me, it just kind of, when I watched that trailer, it felt like they were just grabbing at straws. Like, you see the thing about the Spider-Man graffiti? Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's the, uh, it's the, uh... It's yeah. the Raimi suit. Raimi suit. Screenshot from, from the, the PS4 game. game. And it says murderer on it, referencing the events of, uh, of Far From Home. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, so what are you trying to fucking say here? But yeah, I know. Is it's... it just a big fuck you? Because there's no way that's a, an accident. It feels like a fuck you. Someone has to print out that screenshot right. from that video game and put it on the set. Right. And reference the prior film. Have you, you should watch some interviews where they, where they co-interview uh, Kevin Feige and then the head of Sony, uh, Amy Pascal, Because he's constantly, like, reserved about his ideas, and then she's always going like they could be in the same universe we're gonna say they're the same we don't know and then and if you just look at kevin feige he's like just clenching his jaw like uh. shut the fuck up yeah i have to make another end game yeah shut up shut the fuck up <laughs> you're tainting the water yeah you're just pissing in the water amy pascal <laughs> um so 2019 there's three films i watched recently i'm just going to touch on those uh, there was a lot of movies that came out in 2019. We've talked about most of them because we've been doing this podcast for the whole damn year. But three we haven't talked about that I want to quickly touch on are... Carson's top three. These are not in any way... His favorite films the top three. of well, actually, one of them is, and I'll start with that, Jojo Rabbit. Ah. It was fucking brilliant. Okay. It was beautiful and brilliant, and I'm a huge fan of his. I love Hunt for the Wilder People, um, What We Do in the Shadows. I haven't seen uh, Shark versus octopus i think yeah okay okay i haven't seen that one um and boy i haven't seen boy but uh i love taika watiti mm. thor ragnarok i think is potentially next to guardians 2 one of the best marvel movies ever made yeah hands down um and it was brilliant it was fucking it did slingshot you around from being like this is so cutesy it might be too cutesy and then suddenly oh right nazis holocaust world war Two. right Holy shit. It's kind of one of those ones where I saw the trailer I'm like, you don't set something in Nazi Germany unless you're going to use it. Right, you and, know? and they do. And it's it's all, it like, is an exploration of why we hate. You know, like, even it says in the trailer, like, you're not a Nazi Jojo, you're a 10-year-old kid who likes to put on funny costumes and be sure. part of a team. Sure. And it's like, that's, that's most of them. Yeah. And, like... Uh, and also and, very contemporary. Yeah. yeah. And then they, hum- like, say, um, uh, what's his name? Um... Uh, uh, the, the, the Rock, Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it the first time and then I fucking undermined myself. It's because he's such a chameleon you couldn't he's, remember his yeah. name. Oh, he's clear, but he's doing like a Colonel Clink type accent <laughs> to the whole movie, which is pretty funny. But they even humanize him a bit where it's like, oh, he's just a guy. He, like, he was just in the military and then Hitler happened. Right. So he's just, he's not a good guy. He's just riding this out. He's just not fighting against it, but he's not, like, actively fighting for it either. Right. And so they kind of can humanize people a little like that in, in the story. But, um, overall, it was just really fucking enjoyable. It was, it ended, and I was really sad. I was really? Like, I watched it again immediately Didn't, afterwards. Uh, Scarlett get a, uh, nomination for that? Uh, she, I don't know if she got a nomination, because I, as we topped off this podcast with bitching about the Oscars, <laughs> I don't really pay attention. But, um, I don't really like Scarlett Johansson as an actor. I don't mm-hmm. think... It's sort of like uh, um, Kylo Ren there. I don't think he's a great actor either. I think they kind of do... I'm trying to think of someone else who's of that ilk. Who kind of Because I see what you're saying. They don't really vary in terms of the right. range. And I'm not sure how types. great the one thing they do is. I hear Marriage Story is great, but I avoided it specifically Wait, because it's Adam Driver. And... Yeah. So oh, like, man. That might be like the epicenter, though, to see them like underact each other. Right. But everyone says they're great in it. That's what I'm saying. Like that could be like a, a what do you call it? Like a, what happens when an unstoppable object uses like a movable <laughs> force, force in terms of acting? It's gonna, yeah, it's good. I, I, I hear it's really good, and I kind of do want to sit down and watch it eventually. But I've been turned off by it because I'm like, I hate both those people. It's acting, but um, Scarlett Johansson is brilliant in it. She really nails it. Mm. As this sort of like, I like her, man. yeah, like yeah. I like her as a person and right. as an actor, but not as an actor, I should say, because she's like anytime she tried like Ghost in the Machine or 
Lucy and all that shit. She's just horrible. I liked uh, her in Ghost World. And, Ghost World. Uh, when she was young, she was really Yeah, cool. and like, uh, what's it called? Lost in Translation, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lost in Translation. But then again, though, she's like muttering out really subdued three lines of dialogue for almost the whole damn movie. Sure, yeah. And then Anna Faris was playing... Uh, Dude, she's great in fucking what's that flick, uh, that one Marvel one, the first Captain one, uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, okay. Because, like, she had a weird role to play. They actually gave her a character in that one where she, yeah. she's got to be Steve's buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like, like, for the first time ever, they gave her a little bit more depth. Like, she was just kind of like his co-worker, his best friend at yeah. work. Trying to hook him up with, uh, yes! with someone from counting or whatever. I, I thought that was kind of the first time you actually saw her, like, oh, she can be kind of, like, subdued charismatic and yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. you know? But, um, she's really great in JoJo. And I, I'm not going to say anything, because you haven't seen it, so I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. anything. But, um, the, all, all three you haven't seen, but one of them I'm going to super spoil. Do it! Um, huge recommendation from JoJo. I think that might be the best movie of the year for me. God damn. I think it might be. What I love about that, boys, you know, he swings for the four fences. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I'm going to do a MCU buddy movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a docudrama about some vampires. Uh, that, that's parodying the um, documentary about like an AIDS epidemic in Auckland or something. It was it was a direct parody to an uh, to a New Zealand documentary that I think was about gay people. Oh gosh, yeah. I'd have to double check it, but I think <laughs> I think that's what it was. Because there's always I find some meta commentary to everything he does. Oh yeah, you know, like. And him playing Hitler is amazing. But um, I'm surprised more idiots didn't get outraged. Because he's, uh, he's a Maori, isn't he? Yeah. So he's playing a white dude. But I think he gets the pass because he plays a Cause Jewish. Because it's, it's Hitler? He, he, well, he's Jewish. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's, I think so he's I, I guess not by blood. Uh, if your mom's... I think he's got that thing where it's if his, the mom's, mom's, his mom's... By Jewish, blood so, Jewish, yeah. not converted? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like Don't a Mandalorian. He's like a Mandalorian. Well, he directed the Mandalorian. He aided the Mandalorian. That was the we haven't talked about the last few episodes of the Mandalorian. That was my favorite scene. I think in all of Star Wars was the two stormtroopers trying to shoot the can. <laughs> so good. Was, I loved. Him. I don't know. I just scooped it up. I didn't get a good look at it. My fa- I was just waiting, and like you guys, because you know they're about to die a violent death. That's oh yeah, all yeah, I do yeah. is like that assassin droid is coming to rip their goddamn yeah. heads off. He's on, he's on his way. It's a ticking clock. <laughs> I think he's rattling the gun. And they just they just can't <laughs> hit it. It was so good. And then the cocky dude pulls out the other gun. Yeah, yeah. And he can't. I, that's where I lost it because I expected the other dude to do it, and they both and they both they do badly it. miss it too. Like it's not even <laughs> in any way close. So how, where where does he? Okay, let's take a brief segue. Okay. Where do you stand the end the the end of the series? Um, overall, like, are you in for season two, or you're like... Yeah, because, I mean, episode one, or season ones are always just throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. Because yeah. there are some episodes that I think are really great, and some episodes that I think are brutally horrible. Sure. I hope the brutally horrible ones aren't molded in season two. Yeah, there's probably... I'm wondering if they'll structure it the same way, where it's kind of like a... Standalone, uh, standalone, It's standalone. like a bookended season, where it's just like, you have these weird filler episodes in the middle, but yeah. the beginning and the end kind of line. I hope so. And eight. Eight's a good number. Yeah. Eight half-hour episodes. It doesn't feel too long or too like, short. Now that they know they're getting a season two, maybe they'll, like, okay, we have plans to do just one solid... I would love to see some augmenting action, yeah. like Breaking Bad style, you know, where just shit gets worse and worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. such a delicate situation. He's walking around with this crazy bounty of a crazy baby yeah, who yeah. has magic powers. Yeah. And it's so like, maybe Yoda or maybe a clone or maybe Might just, be a clone of Yoda. Might be a Quill. Right. I just hope that the girl, Gina, whoever, yeah. I hope she doesn't come back. <laughs> She's such a bad actor. Like, she makes Scarlett Johansson look like the greatest actor <laughs> in the world. Well, that, that, okay, and this is where I think we both disagree. I've been, it's, it's Walker, Texas, the Texas space, Ranger of it all. Space Ranger, man. Yeah. Like, Buzz fucking Lightyear. It, for that, a main character, though? Yes. That episode with the fucking bounty hunter guy on Tatooine whenever they're on the Oh, my God, that guy was so fucking it irritating. It was, like, pulling nails off with pliers. Oh, yeah. But immediately, as I was watching, I'm like, it's Star Wars. <laughs> two, what, two fighters against a Star Destroyer? Like, there's some terrible acting in Star Wars. I'm totally okay with that when it's one or two lines, but when it's, like, a pivotal character... It's then you get into the Hayden Christensen of it all. Sure, but like I don't know, he, that dude is not really a pivotal character. He's just one for that episode on, on the way to the overall uh, story. The story, yeah, yeah. So what I found is, I honestly, as much as I resented the acting in that episode specifically, I was like, this is pitch perfect for classic Star Wars. It was almost like Favreau being like, I'm not gonna go for obvious right fucking references. I'm gonna go for such subtlety, ill tonally. 
feel like you're watching Star a Star Wars, Wars Western. Well, that's the thing, yeah, because who, I don't remember who was saying this, but it's like um, the original Star Wars were uh, sort of aping Yojimbo and, and Seven Samurai. No one speaks like that. Right. And so it was like sci-fi opera based on something. Star Wars ever since has just been Star Wars based on Star Wars. Yes. And this is the first time they're like, no, this is based on the old spaghetti Western. Mm-hmm. So it's the first time Star Wars has been based on another genre since... Star Wars, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is this is what they should be doing. Exactly. That's really awesome. Um, and I, I'm feeling like a little teaser for later, but I think that's exactly what went wrong with this sequel trilogy. Yeah. Is that you can't mix real acting with Star Wars. Yeah. You can't have Daisy really tearing up and trying to give a genuine beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. performance in this goofy space Silly, opera. Space opera. It just it doesn't it doesn't work, and that's what eventually you get like the unsatisfactory. And product reference is kind of like, oh, I guess oh, that's what happens. Feels manufactured. When we try to mix drama with fucking this bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyways, your other movies, sir. <laughs> um, as an aside, I want to quickly say I also watched the first season of The Witcher. Oh, how's that? It's very much... Okay, I think we would have the exact same opinions flipped about um, The Mandalorian, about The Witcher. Because it is silly as shit. It is like ABC, Walker, Texas Ranger quality at times. But I'm so familiar with the world and the lore, I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. Right. I'm really enjoying watching the, the short stories I read play out over every... Because the first season is just all the short stories. For those of you who don't know, The Witcher started as a series of short stories and then became novels later. So season one is just all the short stories. Oh, that's cool. So every episode's its own little standalone beginning, middle, and end. And they're really silly and stupid, but really fun. Um, I don't really buy Henry Cavill as Geralt of Rivia. I think he's not a good actor either. <laughs> This podcast should be called the Shitty Actors Podcast. How dare you, man. He's he's been Superman. Name another bad yeah. Superman actor. Superman actors are always top caliber. Just always Look at the all the work the they all do. Always the top. But he does he does this Geralt voice where it's sort of like, oh, you just played the video game. You didn't really bring something original to it. You're just sort of doing the, the video game Geralt. Or someone just played him a fucking walkthrough on fucking okay. YouTube. Well, apparently, he that's the problem is that he's a big enough celebrity that he can get away with doing what he did, which he said he's a huge gamer. So between takes and stuff, he doesn't go out and you know party, and he just plays video games. So he loved The Witcher Three. He was obsessed with it. He played it through multiple times. And as soon as he heard there was a show, he got his agent on the phone and said, "You need to hound these guys until I get the role." And then he's Henry fucking Cavill. Of course, they're going to give it to him to bring a profile to this weird. Are you speaking out of school because he might fly through this window right now. And <laughs> break your goddamn no, no, neck. that's him. That's from one of his uh, Witcher interviews. Okay, that I watched. Yeah, um, but it's it's enjoy- if you like the material, I think you really like it. If you're, uh, what are they called? Incels? The involuntarily celibate? These yes. uh, monsters that apparently that everyone who doesn't like things is being labeled yes. as these days? Yes. If you're one of those guys, you probably hate it because they made, oh, Jennifer of Vengerberg is now an Indian woman. And like, oh, the oh, Frangilla is a black woman. Uh, I see. Like, I but it, it never says in the book explicitly what race they are. They're never like, and they're all white. I don't think it ever does specifically say, but also it's fantasy yeah exactly if this was real history i'd be like hey wait there's no way like an indian woman would have any power in the 16th century sure, france sure but this is a fucking fantasy world yeah. it's like it's wizards and dragons and That's shit i felt whenever they're like they did that harry potter play and they cast a black woman it's hermione like, whoa, right? whoa i'm like yeah. it said she had curly hair and she was real smart so fuck that, you. it. that's it yeah <laughs> dumbledore loves cock how do you feel about that assholes <laughs> wizard shit their pants and magic it away okay right into dumbledore's mouth <laughs> He's into the <laughs> Shiza porn. That's stumbled. <laughs> he has just like a pussy <laughs> next to the pensive. <laughs> okay, too far? No, not far no, enough. No, no, not far enough. You gotta go way farther. Just um, shoots up like a reverse toilet. Oh. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'll quickly get, uh, prattle on about these next two so we can get into the meat of this podcast, which I have no idea what we're going to call this episode. Just 2019 and then some. Um... Um, Knives Out, which all I will say quickly is that Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Uh, I grew up in a in a a family of whodunits and murder mysteries. My mother was obsessed with them, so I am as familiar with that genre as a lot of people in modern day are familiar with Star Wars. If you've never have seen a whodunit or just vaguely a fan, it's probably a really fun movie that twists your expectations. But if you know, like, the genre through and through, almost academically, it's so weak. <laughs> it's so sophomoric, the way he did just Last Jedi it. Knives Out is to Whodunits as Last Jedi was to Star Wars. I know very little about 
whodunits. I once went to a dinner theater in mm. um, a murder mystery theater where they, they acted that. I've always wanted to do one of those. Yeah, it's spooky as shit. Yeah. You're seven years old. Oh, yeah. And also you hear a gunshot and the lights come back on. There's a dead this woman a dead on the floor. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. Um, but if, uh, I, if I'm somewhat familiar with said genre and I'm watching it and I have zero idea who Ryan Johnson is or fucking anything like that, you might think, oh, that's a, a neat twist. Right. But if you don't, like, know it well enough to really analyze the twist, then it's... it's uh, I think the, the comparison I used earlier was that if you didn't really... If you just had a passing interest in Star Wars and watched Last Jedi, and it gets to the scene where they're like, Empire, Rebels, they're all supplied by these billionaires on this casino planet. You might go, oh, that's a neat social commentary in a sci-fi show about contemporary politics. I mean, when you're wondering why everyone next to you is going, like, a little like, on the nose. Yeah, it's <laughs> not really what Star Wars is about. Yeah. More for Star Trek, and you don't really get it. I think it's something similar to that. Like, I think you might love... I so what you're trying to say is that there's a part where the lights all go out and there's a dead woman on the floor. Well, no, it's... And then she gets up and she's like, I just tripped. <laughs> oh, whoopsie deal. <laughs> Kinda. That's not the farthest off. Um, you'll see for yourself, but, uh... Um, Patrick, like, Jamie Lee Curtis just sitting, like, rubbing your knee. Whoops-a-doodle. No, it's not that at all, but it's the same level of, 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 of um, expectations subverted. Okay. It's the same level of, like, oh. Um, so, but, yeah, and the last one I'm gonna spoil the shit out of is Doctor Sleep. Ah, the sequel to The Shining. Which, holy shit. Right off the bat, I'm like, if you want to make a movie about the sequel to The Shining, go nuts, but don't fuck with it. Just make an alternate overlook. Right, right. Don't fuck with the Stanley Kubrick aesthetic. Right. That's ballsy. Right. Everyone's going to judge you for that. Ultimately a failure, in my opinion. Um, yeah, because it's based off the book, but then he drastically changed the book to fit into the... Because the movie, The Shining, is nothing like the book, The yes. Shining, and... and Stephen King famously hates the movie. Right. And this sequel tries so hard to be a sequel to that movie that they completely change the... The book's horrible, by the way. I tried to read it. I got halfway through. I was like, fucking shining vampires and shit? Like, I'm done. This is horrible. Stephen King, ever since you got in the accident, buddy, hasn't been quite, quite as good. That's like 20 fucking years, pal. Um, but I think his last good book, in my humble opinion, was Bag of Bones, and that was like 1999. Okay. But, um, no offense, if you love Stephen King, man, you know, it's all subjective. But, uh... Yeah, no one's, no one's judging here. No one's judging anyone. But, goddamn, this movie it tried so hard to be the aesthetic of The Shining, but then it was it was the guy who did, um, um, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, which mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that series. So I was okay. like, oh, maybe this will be interesting. But... It's in his ballpark. It's in his ballpark. But, um, they actually do flashbacks to The Shining, and alternate angles and CGI, I'm guessing? That's the thing. Uh, well, just first I want to say the color between the original Shining footage, quote-unquote, even mm -hmm. though they reshot it, is all bright, bold, Kubrick colors. And then it cuts to my least favorite thing in the world, oh, no. fucking teal. <laughs> all teal, all the time, for all the other footage. And it's so stark. Maybe that existential visual nightmare was trying to... They were trying to stimulate <sighs> that with you. Like, look how bleak it's become. Yeah, oh, it's so bleak. <laughs> There's vampires, and they call it steam. And then we used to enjoy a cinematic yeah, experience. remember that? <laughs> but, um... It, it is... What was the, th the thing I was... Oh, no, the uh, CGI... Um, so, okay, this is full spoilers. Um, Jack Torrance and little Danny Torrance and Wendy Torrance, they're all in the movie uh, as flashbacks for Wendy. And it, black. No, but it's a, it's a woman playing Shelley uh, Long, really. Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall, sorry. Uh, not the girl from Cheers. Um, <laughs> really awkwardly, like, just do it. Danny! Danny! And doing that Shelley... Shelley. look alike or does... Did they they look pretty fucking similar. Okay. But, and then when he goes to the Overlook Hotel at the end, Danny goes to the Overlook with... The basic plot is that this young girl's the, the shiniest shiner to ever shine. <laughs> She's like the fucking uh, solar call, eclipse yeah. of shining, sorry. I was just going to say shine dog. Shine dog. And I think old shine dog up to the Overlook, yeah? Huh? Pretty much. And there's... I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, just rolling ahead. Um... But <laughs> I'm gonna Google that later. I'm gonna feel real stupid. And I'm gonna yeah, cut. I'm gonna cut this. Clear, clear your web history afterwards. Afterwards? Yeah. Oh no. 
Um, and then there's this group of shining vampires who basically they call the sh- it steam. When everyone dies, a little steam comes out of them. Is and it Robert Pattinson. It basically it's just some chick who wears a uh, top hat. And, uh, oh, I, said, I saw this in the trailer. The okay, trailer. so yeah, when they die, they show this in the trailer. Okay, the, the steam they suck out, yes. Yes, okay. so all the mystique is gone now because apparently ghosts are just things that suck your steam out, want to kill you to suck your steam out. So all the Overlook ghosts literally suck her steam out at the end to kill her because Danny has them all trapped in his mind prison like fucking Sherlock Holmes because after the ever, the hotel was abandoned after the murders. Mm-hmm. So all the ghosts started reaching out to Danny and uh, his mentor there, the dude who gets the axe to the back, who is dead. Scatman. Scatman's dead, even though he's alive in the book because he lived in the book. Right, I was reading, yeah, okay. So he, he tells comes him, back in like a Force Vision or something? He's basically Obi-Wan. Uh, he comes back Force Vision style. And Did he, they CGI Scatman Carruthers? No, all new actors. They recast them, okay. Um, but that's the rub that I'll get to. Um, oh, no. He, he tells him, like, oh, you have the power, with your, you're so strong in The Shining, you have the power to lock these guys in your head. So you can take their, oh, their spirit essence and lock them in his head. No. Yeah, so all his life, so Danny has all these spirits locked in his head, and at the end of the movie, they go back to the Overlook Hotel, for, which burnt down in the first book, so it's not in the second book, and it's the wonderful movie logic of, well, this hotel's dangerous for people like us, so maybe it'll dangerous for people like them. One line of dialogue, and they're suddenly at the Overlook Hotel. And okay. like, wait, what? Why are you here? Okay. You had to drive to fucking Colorado <laughs> to get here. Now let me guess, they're blasting the theme the whole time. Uh, and only during the opening credits. They do the bomb, bomb, yeah. bomb, Really? Oh, bomb. Right in the front. Right at the front. Because they do the old Warner logo. Gotcha. Um, so then he gets there, he lures her in, and then releases all his... All the ghosts from the Overlook who then go <gasps> and suck out her steam and kill her, and that's basically it. But then he dies too because he gets uh, after they suck the steam out of her, all the ghosts turn on Danny and possess him, and then it's a whole him running around with the axe chasing the little girl, like the oh, end of the Shining. Geez, really? Yeah. Oh. None of that happens in the book, by the way. Not to say the book's anything Can you special. Can you McGregor? Being like, listen, I know I'm known for playing guys who don't want to do the role anymore. Yeah. But... Or adult or, versions of classic characters. Or, like, who are dead. Yeah. Like, one, whichever one. Yeah. But this is a little fucking much. a little much, fucking much. No, it was really stupid. But here's the thing. So, he goes into the... the what was the, the champagne ballroom, whatever the ballroom yeah, was yeah. Caused, called. And if you recall, in the original Shining, um, Jack Torrance talks to... Grady or whatever, uh, some Mr. Grady, Mr. Grady yeah. who was the caretaker who killed his family back in the fifties mm-hmm. or sixties. In this one, he talks to his dad. He talks, so Jack's taken the role of the bartender, and it's just this guy with his hair exactly the same, but he's got a big double chin, and he's got the eyebrows, and he's doing a Jack impression, just talking to him. And it was the first time where I was like, dude, a little deep fake would have been fine here. <laughs> Just to do, like, a, just the simplest stitching of Jack Nicholson's yeah. face onto his face yeah. would have been completely appropriate. The CGI'd fucking Peter Cushing in a Rogue One. Yeah. Just a little just bit. a little bit. A little bit of makeup. It's fine. And that's the thing. is like, Peter Cushing was a complete CGI creation. They had an actor on set with yeah. blue dots on his face. But I'm talking, like, the, this deepfake technology is so it's, much better. It's bananas, yeah. Because they just put a layer over the existing face. Have you seen uh, Harrison Ford and George Lucas? It's, it's like collider video. It's brilliant. Because I, I love that one dude, uh, Jamie Costa, who's been playing. He does the Han Solo impression. Yeah, yeah. He has, like, Gandalf and anybody, everybody. But the guy who's doing Lucas, like, they sent him out to, like, the <laughs> premiere of Rise of Skywalker. Dude, it's the fucking funniest thing yeah, I've ever seen. It's so good. And that's deepfake. And it's, it's, this... A YouTube channel does a better recreation than fucking Disney did with Peter Cushing. It's brutal. It's brutal. I saw one okay. that uh, I thought was pretty good. Um, it's by directed by Lena Waithe. Uh, written by Lena Waithe. She was one of the uh, writers on uh, Aziz Ansari's uh, TV show on Netflix. Is she the one who uh, gave him that awkward blowjob? And... No, no, no. <laughs> that, that, that chick is... Not a director. Or black, as far as I know. Also, I like that kind of worked out in Aziz Ansari's favor, because I think if you willingly have a dick in your mouth, you're not really getting raped. That that one was just got... I remember it was kind of at the point where I'm like, you're just hurting the movement whenever you have a right. story like that. I'm like, I got assaulted. It's like, okay... You had a bad date. Yeah. It didn't, okay? Like, it just. It that cannot. is. I know people yeah. say you had a bad date to people who absolutely don't deserve to hear yes. those words, yes. but that. Yes. We, I, remember, I think the general consensus at the end of the day was a lot of people were just like, like oh, dude, okay. really? Okay, you're kind of undermining yeah, a whole lot the of whole stuff thing. when you say that. I remember years ago when all this started, I, I would always say, like, this is going to make an actual, like, victim think. Well, th- they're calling themselves a victim. 
and this is objectively stupid, so yeah. maybe what happened to me is stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad that the rest of the world's catching up with that idea of, right. like, like, no, women are just as evil as men. Right. <laughs> it's called equality. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, directed by Alina Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Written by her. And directed by Melina Mal- Matsukas? Melina Matsukas. So anyways, it's a story about a couple that goes on a Tinder date. Um, black couple. Mm. On their way home, they're pulled over by a cop. And also the cop gets kind of aggressive. And all of a sudden, sure enough, he pulls the gun on... The, Dude. On the girl. What's kind of looking like... girl. They never are referenced by name. We don't know their names. They okay. just kind of pick up the nickname Queen Slim as the movie goes on. Which is, I thought was a very, like, outlaw man with no name kind of thing. Yeah, Bonnie name. and Clyde sort of thing. You very know that was so. their names, but... Very much so. So, anywho, they end up razzling with the cop. He, he takes a... Because uh, the cop shoots her in the leg by accident. Or intentionally, because, you know... These Cops. days... <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know. And he, they end up killing the cop. She's a lawyer, and she's like, okay, we gotta get the fuck out of here. So, yeah. it's essentially just them on the run from then on. And they run into different people who help them out. My personal favorite... What the fuck's his name? He's the uh, Bokeem Woodbine. He was um, Shocker in Homecoming. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, and he was in Fargo. He was, uh, I can't remember his character's name in Fargo, but he's brilliant in season two. He was in something a while ago. I remember he popped on my radar like 10 years ago. I don't remember what the fuck it was. He was fucking great. But basically the whole movie turns into like a Black Lives Matter kind of fucking, uh, you know, it's more of a statement. Hey, man, movie. all lives matter. What about that cop they killed? Exactly. Don't all lives matter? Hey, wait a minute. Blue lives matter too, man. That cop was just doing a civic duty. It's a lot... <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. That's what I find so fascinating about the whole movement is that, like, you try to say, like... Uh-oh. He's like, I've heard this rant a dozen times. He's about to get on his fucking soapbox and put on his fucking... Oh, buddy. It's put okay. Put gray on. <sighs> All I'm going to say is, <laughs> is that, like, it's, overall, the plot of the movie, the flow of it, wasn't totally coherent. You can kind of feel it was her first directorial thing. Right. Cutting but, her teeth. Yeah, cutting her teeth. There's a couple moments, like, like pacing-wise, where I'm like, this is not the time or place to be taking a break and, like, leaning out the window and feeling the breeze right, and the right, horses right. and shit. You kind of, like, got to get to the... Fun- editing, maybe? You got to get to the border, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that mm. is kind of the premise of the movie. It's like, but you have to enjoy these things in life, otherwise... Oh, okay. But it's a little lost, because it's such a bold statement about, you know, the, the police brutality that's been happening to African-Americans. At the same time, it's trying to have, like, this, you know, live-free kind of mentality at the end that... Overall, you don't get to spend enough time with either. Right. So you're just kind of like, none of them really paid off at right, the end. Right, right. Just little touches of everything. Yeah, and then halfway through, you're like, okay, well, now I kind of know there's gonna, they're going to have to bang, and they're likely, spoiler's going to die. Right. So, like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. just kind of going through the motions. But the statement, the message that it's trying to convey, I thought was more important. That was just like, listen, this is a conversation that needs to happen. Right. And she's using her voice to fucking do that. To, to, to get it. Oh. And they're both great. The two leads, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and she's a new t- uh, cover, Jody Turner-Smith. It's her Jody first Kaluuya, flick, I think. That's, that's um... Fucking uh, uh, Mkabe from uh, yes. Black Panther. Thank He's you. Chris from, I just watched Get Out Again the other yep. day. Yeah. Oh, that boy. He's so um, intimidating He's in Black Panther and so unintimidating in, in uh, Us. You know what I love? He's is such a teddy, suckly yeah, teddy bear. You mean uh, Get Out? You film racist. You think every movie by Jordan Peele's the same? Oh, he was in Us. Wait, and who, his... was, who are we talking about then? He's not the big teddy bear from Us? No, you're thinking of... Uh, oh, now that's getting worse, man. Who the you're, fuck am I thinking of? You're thinking of Winston Duke, sir. So who's, uh, who did you, you say? You're, you're digging a hole. Yeah, no. <laughs> they, all, hey. they all look alike. Dance for me, sir. <laughs> you know, I would like it if you just danced a little. <laughs> I'm really kind of... Can I get you some more <laughs> cornbread, massa? All right, sorry. Um, Winston Duke. I love yes. cornbread. <laughs> They're both in Black Panther. That's the irony. So who is he in Black Can Panther, then? take a brief segue to briefly talk about the time that you and fucking Dylan were arguing about that Jeff Bridges movie remake, and you went on and on for about two yeah, hours. Yeah, you remember this and I don't, yeah. Before you realized you both were talking about the same movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were arguing for... Tron, I believe, and he was arguing about True Grit, 
or maybe vice versa. But either way, I sat there for two fucking hours while you guys argued back and forth. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Jeff Bridges in the original had more charisma. Well, yeah, because back in the day, Jeff Bridges... But we were talking about two different movies. The whole time. But I it was crazy how, that. like, it lined up... Just perfectly? For, yeah, like, with the scene where they stop and drank the water, and I'm sitting like, oh, shit, there was a scene in Sean where they drank water. Like, this is kind of crazy. And uh, on it took about 45 minutes. It was this, It's the same thing happening here. Where I'm like, he was in Black Panther. You're like, yeah, no, he was in Black Panther. You worked with Jordan Peele. Of course he was in that Jordan Peele movie. I'm glad you've established that I'm like this with every fucking human being on the planet. Yeah, and not a horrible, horrible racist. I'll back it up from racist to just <laughs> an amazing series of coincidences. But seriously, though, I mean, all lives matter. <laughs> yeah, you, you say it, David. <laughs> you prick. Oh, you prick. Okay. <laughs> fucking cat. That's it. Anyone so, want a cat? Who is he in Black Panther? He is the one who's like, you, will, you would kill me too, my love? He's the one who turns on them and joins uh, Kill Me. Okay, because I was thinking the... the Winston Duke. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally forgot they were both in the Yeah, uh, that's Black what Panther. I was thinking. But, um, you know, I, he, in terms of, like, him flipping characters, I thought he had a really good range in that uh, Black Mirror episode with the bikes. He was the main dude. He got that girl on the kind of talent show. Oh, yeah. And she sang his song. Yeah, 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 and yeah. In that yeah. episode, he goes from, like, this love interest to, like, going fucking nuts to the point where he's, like, uh, he has- Howard Beale screaming on yeah. Netflix TV at the end. And he has to stare at the ads. They register if he looks away or blinks. Yes! All that shit. Yeah. He was so good in that one. And he was in something else recently, too. He popped up somewhere. Uh... I'm probably going to... Th- it's probably some other guy I'm thinking of now. I'm just going to dig the hole even deeper. <laughs> um, but I think... I saw him pop up somewhere recently. Widows, Christmas Carol. Whoa. You haven't seen either of those. Shut up. Davey loves a Christmas Carol. No matter who made it. He no watches every it, version. He's seen every version like a billion times. Even the Jim Carrey uh, animated one. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was like an old thing that was on TV Babylon? I don't know. He was a voice in Watership Down. It's just those eyes are very memorable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after you've seen that shot in Get Out where like he's like tearing up oh yeah, his, yeah, yeah that yeah. was the fucking promo art and it was yeah haunting. just that one tear going down his face where did how did we get onto this tangent uh we were talking about he's in uh that movie queen slim oh right okay yeah he's a lead in it and again like his range in it he's fucking great like he can be vulnerable but he can be like you know intimidating i, mm-hmm. I don't know i love i like everything about that dude the two characteristics we demand of black actors be kind of vulnerable like will smith but intimidating <laughs> like denzel that's all they want that's all they want. <laughs> uh, um, so be Wayne. like Wayne Brady. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, no one be like Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady meets Dolomite. And we're just like, oh, God. Wayne Brady, I'm pretty sure, is just a white dude in blackface. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Why? <laughs> That's all you want. Just be on. You want to be on the podcast, bud? David, what was your favorite movie of 2019? If you say cats, I will give you away. He's going to say cats. He was going to say cats. Wow. He really, he, he was like, I'm not going to say cats now. He's like, listen, Rum Tum Tugger's performance is underrated. Oh my God. <laughs> and Rum Tum Tugger sounds like something you do to yourself. You know what? I bet you there's a reason why they call that cat Rum Tum yeah, Tugger. I bet buddy, you he grinds on the carpet a lot. Listen, it's getting late. I don't want to be rude, but I really got a Rum Tum Tugger before I fall asleep. So can you get the fuck out? <laughs> <laughs> Why does your cat walk in the room when you say that? <laughs> what the fuck is about to happen here? <laughs> My dog's mouth smells like peanut butter all the time. Um, uh. So yeah, good movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the message is great. What's important you people? The message good, 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 good. Um, yeah. Do we have any other little ra- random 2019 things? We were already at 40 minutes, so do we have any other random little 2019 things? Yeah. All right, so um, we were going to quickly recap 2019 and then talk about something else from 2019, which was written. Well, actually, I don't know when it was written, but... And it kind of leaked in 2020. Doesn't matter. The point is, (laughs) we're talking about um, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow's uh, leaked episode 9 script, Duel of the Fates. Which came out recently. Are you just talking about the story beats? Because I I, I think I know them. Do it. Um, So... Uh, Colin Trevorrow's story was that uh, it opened with, um, it was, it, first of all, it was called Duel of Fates, and it opened with the fact that the First Order had cut off communications between all uh, planets in, in the galaxy. And so one of the, uh, the thrusting narratives was that uh, they had to steal a Star Destroyer, 
to assault Coruscant, where General Hux was uh, the head of, like, the chancellor of Coruscant. He placed himself there um, in order to break down the signal so that they could transmit their message to their fellow rebels across the galaxy. That was one plot line. Okay. Um, the other plot line was that uh, Sidious had left Darth uh, Sidious, uh, a.k.a. Emperor Palpatine. Wait, so he was still in it? Sheev, no. He left a message on the second Death Star to Vader in the case of his death to seek out his master, who apparently was not Darth uh, Plagueis the Wise. Right. It was some... Um, Lovecraftian monster that the Kylo Ren went and had to encounter. How the fuck do you get trained by a Lovecraftian monster? I don't know. But he was apparently hard in the dark side. He was thousands of years old. And it's funny because all this stuff is being confirmed because in the art of The Rise of Skywalker, all the paintings are in there because they just need to fill pages. Right. Disney's recalled the book. Oh, shit. To take all those images <laughs> out. So if you have a copy of The Art of the Rise of Skywalker, hang on to that thing. Yeah, man, that's like the Revenge of the Sith poster of this generation. Yeah, Revenge of the Jedi. Revenge of the Jedi, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hang on to that shit. Uh, Rey was still nobody, but it turned out that Kylo Ren was ordered to kill her parents. But that didn't make any sense, unless it was featured more in the script as to why, if the Emperor had a vision of this girl right. coming and doing something. Um, what are the other bullet points from it? The, from all, because I've, all the, like, Mr. Sunday movies and all those guys have all covered it. Mm. Um, oh, Chewie was going to fly an X-Wing. It was going to end on that, uh, a lot of the planets and locations were from the Clone Wars, so I guess they were really trying to, like, bring it all, gotcha. bring it all home. Um, all the Jedi, uh, Luke was going to be in, uh, Kylo Ren's head for the whole movie, excuse me. Um, oh yeah, he that one concept art picture of him catching the lightsaber with yeah, his hand. Yeah, catching the blade because he said in the last Jedi he was like, "I always will be with you." Yeah, yeah so, so he's, he's haunted him all the time, haunting him and tormenting him, trying to turn him back to the light side. I think the ending. I'm just imagining him doing it in his Joker voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 the hair's breath beat the away from madness. Um, beateth hair's hair's breath hair's has breath hair's beateth. Um. What the fuck else was there? There was more... This is now I know why you so frustratedly wanted to look up these plot points. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know it ended with a giant battle and Chewie flew an X-Wing. Southern Mass Sith Holocron. Uh, that oh, was hit. the the one that Sheev left him. Yeah. So that's what, that's what the message comes from. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you. I'm, there's like... You can just feel in that final cut. It's just a blender of two movies. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when I got to the scene where fucking Sheev's electrocuting the fleet out of the air and shit. I'm like, so this was supposed to be the Snoke scene, wasn't it? Yeah. And then you, you pulled that trigger too early. And same thing with the kid with the broom, whenever Finn's saying, oh, Ray, I have something to tell you. He's yeah. supposed to say he's Force-sensitive. Force-sensitive. Because it can't, throughout the movie, there are several points where inexplicably like, he uh-huh. just knows shit. The whole thing with um, Janna and all them, the other stormtrooper chick uh, who's uh, rebelled. Oh, officially Lando's daughter. Is she officially Lando's Mm -hmm. daughter? Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. Wow, that galaxy's tiny. Tiny. Well, (laughs) it's an interesting point that I kind of wish they played through because apparently the idea was that um, the people, they centered out the rebels who blew up the second Death Star and specifically stole their children Ah, as a form of revenge. I like that. See, one line. Right? One fucking line. Yeah. Anyways, um, they were all the reason that group of stormtroopers were starting to reject that the programming was because everyone was becoming force sensitive. Oh. Yeah. Th- that's why the stormtroopers were fucking were all rebelling. I'm like, oh, so kid with the broom. Like Ryan Johnson liked that part. And why did it- everybody become force sensitive? Maybe that's just it. The awakening was pff, a bunch of people. Oh, so because I mean. He brought balance, Vader brought balance to the Force by destroying the Force, essentially, and leaving just one dark side user and himself left. And I would imagine... So all those midi-chlorians had to go somewhere? This had to go somewhere. Like, if we're going by, let's like, yeah, we gotta keep the prequels in fucking mm-hmm. in canon. Well, apparently not. His master is now, he no longer killed... I guess he never directly said he killed him in his sleep. He was telling the story of Darth Plagueis. The yeah. Wise. So maybe it was just a story, but the way he played it, that means that he's not... He didn't create Anakin then. You know what I mean? Like, in the same... In the same soliloquy he's doing, he talks about Darth Plagueis the Wise created, was killed, yeah, and he, then he created this, and he looks over. Conception, yeah. Right. So he, if he's making up half of that, then you kind of have to assume he's making up all of it if you're going to change his master. Why can't he still be impregnating Shmi Skywalker with Force Kim? Because his master... Oh, no, because the tragic tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise talks about how he tried to recreate life with 
Yeah, but remember he pulls that bitch move where he's just like, he kills uh, Sam Jackson and he goes like, oh, I don't know it, but together we can figure it out. <laughs> For extending life. Yeah, so I don't think he ever knew it. So it could have been it could have been retconned because yeah. clearly it was intended that he was talking about him and his master in that scene. Yeah, but it could have I guess his technically... master taught him everything and he killed him in his sleep. But no, I think that was kind of just him being like, yeah, I don't I don't know that one. Yeah, but we can figure it out because you're really strong with the force, I guess. But he did make Anakin though. Why wouldn't you make Anakin? So he can do that. He can manipulate the midichlorians to create life. Yeah, but can't heal someone. No, that's ridiculous. Even though Ray can, <laughs> Ray can heal snakes. Because she's crazy strong with she the force. She is crazy strong. So can Her and Kylo Ren. Ren. Yeah. Kylo Ren can stop a bullet in midair, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's like Neo. Yeah, he is Neo. He yeah. is Neo. He came him. I do know in the Trevorrow script, he did not get redeemed at the end, which seems odd since the entire thesis of Star Wars is redemption. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, because I'm like, the first one's kind of like a Shakespearean tragedy of like what happens whenever this guy gets compromised by his worst fears and ambitions and shit. Mm-hmm. And the second one's redemption arc and I remember saying before this trilogy kind of went the way it did I thought it was going to be this one's about reconciliation mm-hmm. you know fucking tragedy redemption and then how do we deal with what the fuck happened because in that first fallout, movie yeah. yeah like in Force Awakens everybody's running away from the past and we're living off the remains of yesterday mm-hmm. and it's just like everyone's scared to do the next best the next move which I thought was kind of a cool choice I'm like oh this is the, literally a springboard for every single one of these characters as you said, man, there's no arc in that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about no. anything. And no. I'm just like, I don't really... Like, I thought it would have been about reconciliation, but no, it's just a funeral dirge that ends with her being like, I guess I'm a Jedi, a new yeah. type of Jedi. I guess. I'm just going to start this over again, question yeah. mark, by yeah. the books and video games to figure out where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, also tell me who uh, Master Sifo Diaz was while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> the prequels fucked it up entirely because it... it I mean, everyone knows this. I'm preaching to the converted choir here, but every after the prequels, I don't know what you're talking about that scene in Phantom Menace. Gets his hand stuck in that fucking pod racing engine. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the most knee slapping comedy that's I've one, seen. That's one of two shots that are actually his uh, His actual hand. His actual arm. I thought you were going to say that was one long take. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. I was going to go back and watch <laughs> the fan man and be like, bullshit. It's all uncut. Oh, my God. It's, it's 1917. More fantastic than I remember. Or 1916, 1914, 19, whatever. Um, one long take movie. Oh, yeah. 1917. 17. So, J.J. Abrams, like, people did essays and, like, Red Letter Media, literally Simon Pegg showed J.J. Abrams, Mr. Plinkett's breakdown of the prequel trilogy. Like, he talks about that. So, no, but a sequel trilogy absolutely needed to go to Coruscant at one point and say, this is what the Galactic Republic's up to now. This is what they fixed up. You kind of need that to inform the story. Totally. But they didn't want to re- dare recreate the prequels. And then so you get stuck going to, like, desert planets, old temples, yeah. and, like, yeah. swamp planets that are on islands and yeah. shit. And it's like, oh. The original trilogy was about the outlaws, so it makes sense that they're outside the law. Exactly. And these The other two trilogies are it's, kind of about the society. It's literally the plot of the entire second movie. It's like, we're on the run from the law right. the entire right. time. We have to stay in, like, tents. And shitty ice shelters. Like, it sucks being yeah. a rebel. Yeah. But, like, I, that's why I never got about this one. The second... Will, I think Williams got it, man. He wrote a march for the fucking good guys in this one, being like, this should be the unifying movie where we're all the resistance and we're fucking banding together because we're finally taking back control of the galaxy for the light side of the forts and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But it, there's just zero follow-through on any of it, so it doesn't... You, like... People were so frustrated with this with episode nine, but I'm like, it was in the cards, man. There's not much overarching yeah. themes no. in that entire trilogy whatsoever. It's like, like you went in and got a Big Mac and then a McChicken, and they were pissed about the fillet of fish. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you fucking expecting here? Exactly. Like, as don't get me wrong, I think Daisy really crushes it in all three movies in terms of like being. I have to emote the shit out of this ridiculous ass character. But How like, how do I say this without becoming a misogynistic asshole? But She's kind of chunky in part two. Maybe. No, do you she, notice she's a little got like a, like a drinker's ticker? puff? Oh, maybe. Well, dude, if you got kicked off of Instagram, you'd be chugging too. Yeah. You had to quit because people were calling you a fat cunt all the time. You're like, I'm fat 
Was that what happened to Daisy Ridley? Oh, yeah. She was the first one before Kelly Marie Tran that had to quit Instagram. Like, honestly, I don't give a shit about body images, and I look like a fucking beast. Right. So, I'm not, like, no one should be shamed for their shit. But, do my eyes deceive me that she's a little puffier in part two? And then she's lost a bunch of weight again for part three. It's been a while since I've seen, uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. She's a little puffier. Maybe, Maybe she's, she's. I remember when she was training and there, that she was doing some lightsaber moves and her arms were fucking ripped. Like she so you think she was? Shit. She was just proteining it up in Pretty order to build muscle. So I didn't mean to interrupt I, you there. No, no, but like you know, in the sense that like they knew that like this is going to be your Empire Strikes Back, which means half this movie you're going to be fucking training and shit. So you got fighting horribly, <laughs> swinging and missing and. Screaming at the camera. Screaming at the camera. Listen, I think she crushed it. In terms of being like, listen, like, imagine Kira Knightley doing that role. Oh, she did the best with what she could do. Exactly. She was like the Ewan McGregor of that fucking yeah. trilogy. Um, yeah. But like, she's, what, what's her arc, man? She's just good. How do you describe her? She's good. Yeah, she's just plain toast. As a person, she's good. How does she fly? Good. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah. No, no, she great. Like, she's yeah. great at everything. What she's about McKay? Good. Oh, she's good. Yeah. Like, there's, this is, like, unanimously, there's no... She never has to try or struggle or is tempted by fate or anything. I like, feel that's, like, such a corporate ideology of we have to be so careful not to offend anyone. Exactly. Which is exactly what ruined um, Rise of Skywalker, is they had to not, not, not like, offend in terms of, like... Um, social justice warrior type offense, mm. but Star Wars fans think like, we can't offend anybody. We can't have anyone get upset. So we need to make this as bland as possible. Mm-hmm. Pound this McChicken down their fucking throats and then remind them the Mandalorian's airing on our streaming service. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and also we just don't want to get flamed to death if we fucking do anything with her character, like have her tempted by the dark side right. or try to, you know, like give her any sort of emotional depth whatsoever. It's like, yeah. well, that's not correct. That's not how she would have done it. It's like, well, how the fuck do you know? She's a fictional character. Wait, I gotta, oh, It's not man. about you, the goddamn movie. I sent this text, and I hope this isn't becoming some sort of like, like two dudes bashing anyone. I hope. But I sent this tweet to a friend of mine because he gets particularly outraged about these things and I thought it was so funny. But the, I wish I had it in front of me. It would take me forever to find. But um, it's basically like three tweets from some girl who has a couple thousand followers. So she's somebody. I don't know if she's like a comic book writer or what she is. But it's just like, how dare they... Uh, how dare, like, a man's world tell Ray that her uh, feminine <laughs> anger is inappropriate <laughs> and she shouldn't be using this aggression to take down her enemies? And what's the, the man who's been a, mentally abusing her for two movies? He kisses her at the end? What's with that? And it was just like, have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> Do you know the whole thing about being tempted by the dark side? Right. How rage takes you to a bad place? Right. You know, this justified female anger. I was like, well, okay, okay, instead fuck off <laughs> you don't understand because of her gender it allows her just to freak out every now you can and then you forget not go to the dark side yeah it's fine what are you saying she can't do that but as a man that's misogynistic you limiting <laughs> what she can and can't do it's it's a catch 22 no like, you I, can't i, I, I no can't success. argue with this like, no it's it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> the world is so fucking stupid that's how now. i felt being in the theater when i saw captain marvel i think i told you that like i was me in a theater with a bunch of moms and their kids yeah. and I'm watching a movie just be like oh no don't listen to authority if you feel something just believe it's true as hard as you can and I'm like whoa whoa yeah. that's I think what Ted Kaczynski did man like, that's, oh, I know that's not a good thing to teach people that's, that's like a like that, in my pers- my perspective on that is it's a walking on eggshells thing where it's like if you are a, a subjugated gender so you've been told what to do your whole fucking life I think yeah. part of breaking away from that is like I'm not gonna listen to anyone anymore sure but not listening to anyone is super fucking dangerous. So uh-huh. that is something you have to really walk a fine line. Like, I'm not going to listen to some people, but it's important to listen to some others. But that's all getting thrown out for, like, big, grandiose, sweeping concepts. Of, right. Like, no one tells you what to do anymore. It's not a little us and them. The yeah, no, it super is. And, like, that's how I kind of... I have a similar thing, but I look at it from the perspective of, like, from race, man. You had Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and fucking uh, uh, Malcolm X. You know, the whole fucking Xavier Magneto approach. We can either fucking have a world where we all learn to tolerate each other, or we can fucking subjugate each other with the same fucking pains that we've been subjugated onto us. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's the same... That seems to be the order of the day, what you just said just there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is that no one wants to tell you, like, the fucking, like, all-it's-equal approach. It's either it's easier to have a clear-cut enemy and just be pissed off. Right. And be like, nah, you know what? If I'm being a feminist means treating guys like 1950s douchebags. Treated women, yeah. Yeah, and just being assholes. And it's like, okay, good luck selling that concept to anyone right. who's not your gender like and it's also an argument that ultimately is destined to fail 
Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's a big backhanded pat on your own back, isn't it? To be like, yeah. no, it must be the right thing because I'm in that demographic. So therefore, right. good for me for knowing and being who I am. Right. It's, um, have you ever watched, um, because I brought this up on a, a previous podcast, but that Dear White People, No. the whole concept is that black people can't be racist. Right. Because you have to be in a, if you're in a system that your race isn't in control of, you can't be racist towards those who are in control. Sure. And that is, doesn't make any fucking sense to me because it means racism is geographic. Right. So you fly to a country. So if I fly to China, I can fucking let loose <laughs> with like the worst racial epitaphs right. possible. Because you're the minority then. In right. China. I right. mean, technically, globally speaking, there's 3 billion Chinese yeah, people, so there's 500 million white people. We pretty much have like carte blanche at yeah. any given moment of the day to just right. be as racist as we want. By the- Two Chinese. To Chinese people specifically. If yes, you're a oh, globalist. Oh God, no, not to other people. Yeah, no, be a monster. No, no. You have to, Jesus you have to Christ. announce yourself as a globalist, and then you have to say, "Well, these guys are the majority." Right. So it, it's it's a it's a self defeating argument yeah, that boggles my fucking mind. Yeah, and I'm like, good luck. It's it's fighting fire with fire. Right. It, Everything's just burning. It doesn't make literally. Any, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Just like episode nine. But you know what? Um, we were going to go into this whole thing with the original script, and then we had a technical issue where we couldn't find the fucking points for the script, and we kind of had to wing it. Everyone, we will talk about this again. Don't you worry. It's not like we can throw a stone without hitting a Star Wars podcast around here. <laughs> so don't worry. We'll be back with a more it, detailed breakdown, especially when maybe it comes out on video and we all get a chance to watch it again, the uh, the Rise of uh, rise of Skyhumper. <laughs> Remember that um, planet testicle they go to? <laughs> Exxon testicle mobile? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 2019 was an interesting year. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately it can go fuck itself. <laughs> I enjoyed it for the most part. I really did. 2020 is off to a bad start yeah. for you. I haven't really had... I mean, I guess I'm talking about it for me too, but <coughs> though that's a podcast for another day. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm cautiously, uh, I'm cautiously approaching this one. 2020. Yeah, it's like a fucking tiger in a cage that someone's poked a couple times, and they're like, "Yo, can you hold this stick?" And they go to the bathroom. <laughs> that thing's looking at me mighty angry. Yeah, that's how I'm, that's how I'm approaching this year. I'm like, all right, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, I have, this is not my first rodeo. Let's do this. this. It all fall apart pretty quickly. <laughs> what a positive note. Let's go Let's out. Go on that. Yeah. Hey, remember? We'll see everybody. you next week. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe probably take another two weeks off. Not, not. Uh, it's it's this weather does not make it fucking easy for podcasting when we live an hour and a half away from each other. But the summertime, usually we can crank them out a lot more regularly. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just seeing that you have the ticket to the fan expo at Space Action Heroes was at, uh, at up on your, and it was the next, next generation crew. That's correct. Oh shit! I need to talk about the first episode of Picard before we go. We're all about Picard, and then we're out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we fucking stayed on for this riveting the hot take <laughs> space action podcast. It's uh, it's the guys who made Discovery, so it's the same, ultimately the same kind of but like it seems like they're getting they're inching closer towards what Star Trek's supposed to be about. Ah. But it's an inch. Like, they're still talking about resources of the Federation, and there's this xenophobia racism against Romulans going on. Oh, okay. And it's stuff that, like... The whole idea is that the utopian society isn't that we're brainwashed. We've just learned to control our impulses more. So we don't throw feces at each other like we used to, you know? We've learned impulse control. We still mm-hmm. have the capacity to pick up our shit and throw it. Star Trek's always been about the next stage of impulse control. When we've moved beyond sure. the more animalistic parts of ourselves... We've moved beyond starvation, uh, culture wars, we everything else. We unify as a human race. We unify as a human race. And if you want to tell those stories, you do it through the aliens. Mm-hmm. Because humans need to be unified. That's the fucking point. It makes... Star Trek was always meant, specifically the next generation, my Star Trek, my generation Star Trek, was always meant for two types of people. One, people who needed to know all of this was worthwhile because where we're going makes it worthwhile. Sure, okay. Any pain or suffering you have in your life, it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. And... Also, a familiarity of the characters because it's not a dog-eat-dog world. It's not people who are going to fuck each other over to get the last, you know, piece of, of food. These are all family. They're all, they all respect each other. They right. can disagree. 
but they respect each other. They have civil disagreements with each other. You can't judge a culture by its past. By its past, yeah. uh, they move they move forward with things. Like they like they represented like they had a Klingon on board who were the Russians during the Cold War to the original series and to have him on board the ship, and no one gave him shit about it. No one was like fuck you, you're a Klingon. They just accepted him, and it was a familiarity for people I think that came from like broken homes. Sure. Or from a bad upbringing to be like, or even like I'm imagining in the Western world, like where people are kind of all moving in, like this influx of people, right? Or it's just like, oh, this is like a whole story about my fucking dad who now lives with us, who's from Poland, you know, right? Like shit like that. And it's just it's meant to create it's two things to show a better tomorrow and to create an atmosphere of comfort and support, like the opposite of something like Gordon Ramsay or America's Got Talent. <laughs> no, seriously, like where they they're like you come out and you sing, we're going to yell all the worst things and you have to sure. get over that. That's a good point. It's the opposite of that. It's positive reinforcement. It's all the shit that everyone calls like coddling and hippie culture bullshit now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was what made it great, especially for kids who maybe didn't have that in their life. And Jonathan Frakes' crotch. And Jonathan Frakes' fucking leg thrown around oh, every chair he could get. God damn it. This new series, ugh, it, em- it embraces that and ignores it all at the same time, and it's only one episode is aired, so this could go off the rails, because Discovery is a giant stinking pile of fucking shit when it comes <laughs> when it comes to actually exploring Trek for what it's supposed to be. Uh, this Picard show, I hope they, they course correct a little, because, I don't know, it's sort of like they've peppered in the ideals of Star Trek, what it's supposed to mean, mixed with like a CW show, like oh, Arrow or Supergirl or something. It's okay. really fucking weird. So I don't. I'm so baffled by it. Where I'm like, I don't. Know, I gotta see where this is going to really judge it. But maybe they're going in the right direction. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. But I do suggest checking it out. Patrick Stewart is phenomenal as Picard. Every scene he's in, you're just mesmerized. I'm just imagining that dude in the trailer before every take, being like, "This is your fucking character. You, right? This was your defining Western world moment. Man. Right." And, uh, the, unlike, like, he didn't... And he was in... Lo- I just rewatched Logan, so he, wa- he got to watch his buddy fucking Hugh Jackman do that right in front that of his eyes. That final thing, so he's like, yeah. Oh, I'm a Logan this up. And I gotta say, like, unlike Logan, who presented an absolutely broken Xavier, which is completely appropriate for the material, especially mutants and what yeah. they deal with, um, Picard's not that bad. It Basically, the story is that a, a, a decade or so earlier... Uh, the events of Star Trek, the Star Trek, the the Zachary Quinto, J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Okay. Remember how the Kelvin's track. Romulus blew up, yes. but then that shot him into the Kelvin timeline, and then he blew up Vulcan. Yes. So we're back in the prime timeline. Romulus did blow up, and Picard, while trying to lead a, a, an evacuation of all the citizens of all life forms, uh, which is fucked up because at one point he's being interviewed, and, and she's, she says, Romulan lives. He goes, no, lives. Like, no one in the Federation mm. would be making a distinction at right, this point. Right, That's right. the whole point. So the little things like that are annoying. But the Federation pulled out because there was an attack on their Utopia Planitia fleet yards is where they, Star Trek makes all their ships. Right. That's where they were making the, the fleet to go save the Romulans. The synthetics, the uh, descendants of Data, essentially, revolted and blew up the planet. And then Starfleet said... Why would they revolt? We haven't learned that yet. Uh-huh. And Starfleet basically said, go fuck yourself to Romulans. We have our own thing to worry about. We're not going to help you anymore. And that decision, Picard thought was so cowardly that he resigned from Starfleet. Gotcha. And has basically been living on his vineyard in just dwelling in the past. It's also a good motive since. for that guy. It goes against all of his morals, and he's just like, yeah, I can't fucking wear the badge of this fucking this organization point. anymore. Yeah, and it also makes sense from the little time, because like, Next Generation always presented Starfleet and the Federation as being like this wonderful utopia, but every once in a while a sliver would get in there. And like, like like any organization, like any organization, yeah. and we had to get it out quick before yeah. it got infected. Right, and so this this feels like this backstory of the Federation just being like, "Fuck you, we're not helping you." It's just one of those slivers. Doesn't feel like this corrupt, political, horrible government that's more in tune to our modern so day you, or anything. You think in the likelihood they're gonna have to come back and they say, like, "We need you for one last job, Picard." I don't know, I think it's and that I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly where it's going because right now it seems like it's about two twin girls who have Data's positronic brain in them. Okay. One of them dies, and the other one is like he's going out to find. Okay. Because it's like Data's daughter. <laughs> is that they should just call this? So fuck the car. Data's daughter. That's the fucking serious Data's name. daughter. Data's daughter. That's catchy as fuck. Yeah, but all the scenes with her atrocious. That's when it starts feeling like the WB, uh, CW, Arrow, Flash. We universe. gotta open some like wholesome storyline. No, not family. even like no. it, it's introduced. Like I don't know. You have to watch it because it's just the way it's shot is very Riverdale almost, like teen drama. The oh, shit interesting. With, Weird. The shit with her because it starts off with her with her, her alien boyfriend. And it's so clear, like, this little, this little human girl and this big alien boyfriend, it's clearly a fucking commentary on something. 
and then he gets and killed all of a sudden right they put a knee in the back of the alien boyfriend's back it's a fucking federation issue. he's like put your hands on your head stop <laughs> resisting sir they, stop resisting they do kill him right away and the, yeah. the reason that I'm saying that oh, is, I was right yeah <laughs> they literally make the joke where we drove it home I was like this is interesting they got a black guy playing an alien and then like a kind of maybe half Chinese white girl this seems like the way they're playing this is like your eyes the way they do that your culture is so different from mine I was like this seems a little on the nose but maybe I'm looking into it <laughs> until he went to the replicator and was like well girl your replicator skills are horrible everything's vanilla oh, like, oh really oh you're you're you you I wasn't reading into that you're you're doing a thing here that's fine <laughs> so which is like a, a little on the note because I really love the way like the Klingons were subverted Russians you know it's just like you oh, yeah, yeah. the fucking thing going but now we're kind of cool yeah yeah but that's like so goddamn on the nose this is really... so much so that they were like who are we gonna get to play the alien they're like a uh, black guy big black dude just yeah. make him actually black yeah and <laughs> his, his eyes blink sideways and she's like I love the way your eyes do that it's so different and she's half Asian I think so it's hard to tell I'm just saying half Filipino Half black. I'm double offended by this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to go out on the note that just uh, if I ever make sci-fi set in the future, or if anyone else does, hire only mixed-raced actors. Hell yeah. It's not going to make sense to have like a white dude and a black dude and a Chinese dude in a movie set 500 years from now because we're all going to be That's a good mixed. point, man. Yeah, yeah. Just, just cast people that look like, you know, Zoe Kravitz, Jessica Alba, The Rock. Right. Yeah. Me and a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just throw them all just, together. Like, just the pepperings of all race yeah. to create a human being needs to be the cast of sci-fi. A couple right? princes. Throw some princes in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. But I just ranted about Picard for way too fucking long, and I'm sorry. That's great. No, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we got some truck fans, I'm sure. Yeah, Matt Morrissey again. Hello, <laughs> hello, Matt. Shout out to Matt Morrissey and Rob. I think he likes Star Trek. Um, if he even listens anymore, I don't know. I don't know who knows. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> all right, extra was man. I'm I'm, I'm running out. Right, that's team. it for this week, guys. We'll tune in uh, sometime soon. Week or two, maybe yeah, another show. Wait, have you seen Watchmen? You watched the Watchmen? I have not watched the Watch. You gotta watch Watchmen. You gotta watch Atlanta. That is your homework. I gotta, I gotta binge. I just don't know. How, I just have no time these I've days. I started watching Atlanta again, man. You when your dog's got you up all hours, you're gonna stay up with your dog and just do fucking cocaine and watch television. <laughs> That's the problem, is to for our amusement, Carson. It's it's hard because I get like maybe one night every week or two off from him. That's when I get to watch a movie or something. That's how I got to see Knives Out and gotcha. JoJo. You can do a show a series, um, can't you, over a couple nights? It's just tough with him because I'm. It's hard to sit and get into something when you just have to be up every two or three minutes just, yeah just like put him in a headlock yeah. and make him pass. just give him the old choker yeah. and they do that with dogs I, I'm, give I him some liquor and I'm going to try it yeah. <laughs> it's, just fine. Get the it's fine it's fine sure it's fine I do with Davey all the time oh god he's drunk right now he's been drunk since now motherfucker oh god if the SPCA is listening Oh, they can do a blood test. It's fine. 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 <laughs> SpaceXNews.com.